just affirm what you want, but then not just focus on that. Like focus on something that makes you really happy. Focus on everything that's working in your life. And because you've raised your vibration, what else you want in that vibration will come to you. Welcome to Connect Back In Podcast. I'm Morgan King, your host, and I'm so passionate about sharing with you the spiritual concepts that have transformed my life. It is not always an easy path, but I know within my soul that if it's good on the inside, it's good on the outside. Through interviews with experts and my personal experience, we will break down how to live a spiritual life in today's society. My hope is that you find the inspiration and support you need as you explore your own journey to connect back in. Hello, and welcome back to Connect Back In. This is Morgan King, your host. Thank you, as always, for taking time to listen in. Or if this is your first time, thank you for checking us out and pressing play. I'm excited to share with you today the episode that's really going to be focused all around energy. And I'm interviewing a very special guest, Lisa Russell, who is the founder of Live More Realized. I was connected to Lisa last November through her daughter, Courtney Russell, after doing a breathwork um, experience. Courtney is a breathwork facilitator. If you're interested in that at all, she is amazing at what she does. And during that time, I had unleashed a lot of pent up energy and was kind of in this new space and was looking for a little bit of guidance. And so Courtney introduced me to her mom and it was love at first uh, chat, <laughs> if you will. Um, I just knew that Lisa was going to be really important in the transformation I was looking for in my life. So let me give you a little uh, snapshot about Lisa. I'll talk about my experience with her briefly before diving into our interview. So on her website, it says, life does not have to be so hard. Oftentimes, we spend our lives living an outdated story of struggle, disconnection, and lack. I help you awaken to your power within through a variety of healing modalities. You have the power. You just need to learn how to use it, which I love. And I can attest this is exactly what she did with me. So our sessions, um, we still work together. Our combination of really releasing this energy, finding where there might be stagnation or I'm holding on to something or maybe my chakras need clearing or she wants to raise my vibration, whatever it is. Uh, we also dive into past lives. We dive into she has some um, medium talents, which has been really um, helpful for me when connecting to my dad. And then also just breaking through these limiting beliefs that we've captured along our journey through life. So I can't recommend Lisa more. If it's something that you're interested in, I will be putting in the show notes, not only Lisa's contact information, but she has created, especially for the listeners, a vibrational alignment and energy clearing meditation. So I will have that linked in the show notes. I highly recommend you check it out. Um, anything that I've done with her, I've always been astounded at the way my body and mind and spirit and heart all connect and flow together after working with her. So a little bit more about Lisa is she's a board certified polarity therapist, and she has 30 years of practice and teaching. So a lifelong student herself, over the years, she has expanded her knowledge of healing by studying many different modalities. I will not list them all here. I'll tell you there's probably 20. Um, and she provides you with empowering, intuitive guidance, clarity, and inspiring support helping you to reconnect with your own magic and live your life more realized. So the podcast name is Connect Back In. That's what we're going to talk about today. 
In the interview, we talk about the importance of why energy is so powerful. Um, She shares with us some ways in which to tap into our inner guidance, which is truly there to drive you to the best version of you, um, knowing that you're always fully supported. You're never alone. And it's just, it's such a great episode. I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. So take a listen and enjoy. Starting with you, I want to kind of go back to how you got into this and what would you say you'd call yourself? Like, what's your title? So many titles. Um, I've just switched to just an embodiment coach. Okay. I feel like that captured, because it's like, how do you relay the essence of it? There's so many pieces, I think, to it. But so embodiment coach, tell me like, I know you have a history being a hairstylist and so do I, which is cool. We have a connection mm-hmm. there. Like, do you want to start there? Like, give me the background of like, what brought you into this? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So I young being young, when I was young, I started out knowing and studying people. Um, I was always pretty quiet, like to stay in the background. Um, and I always knew that there had to be more. Like, how come some people had it so easy and some people had it so hard? Um, And there had to be something greater than just this. How old were you when you thought of that? I actually, I was the the person that questioned everything. Okay. Um, I was brought up Catholic. Okay. Dirt Catholic. Had to go to church, had to go to CCD. Um, and not only that, I had to go to a French mass, which was an hour and a half long, and they just spoke in French. Okay, oh. that was my beginning of, of Catholic life experience. Yeah, <laughs> um, so it was pretty intense. Yeah, and going to CCD, I would always ask questions that no one would answer, and I'm like, okay, this is like, well, how do you know there's a God? How can you? And it wasn't. I wasn't trying to be a pain in the neck. I just wanted to know. Like, I was so curious. Mm. Everything. Like, explain that to me. Well, how come that? And how come that? And people get aggravated when you ask questions that they can't answer. Right. Right. Or if you challenge their authority, if you will. Yeah. And, you know, back then, um, because I am now, you know, 58 years old, going on 59. Mm. um, Back then you weren't allowed to ask those questions. Mm. Like, you know, you were supposed to be just, um, you know, seen and not heard. Okay. Um, So that was kind of, you know, the, my growth into this. Um, But of course I didn't want to really be seen. I just wanted to be heard. I just wanted to know and explain that to me and just that interest in, in the world and how people act and how they don't act and why they act like that. And, you know, how come they're so angry or how come they're so happy or how do you become happy and all of those questions. Did you look outside when you started asking people and they weren't able to give you the answers? Did you like look up books or resources or did you just kind of continue that internal dialogue with yourself until later on? Mostly the internal dialogue. Um, There wasn't that many books back then again and we didn't have Google. Right. So wasn't like you could search it and you know any adult that you asked really didn't want to answer your question or didn't know how to answer your question right um so and then fast forward um 
I um, started out my career as a hairdresser, as you know. Mm -hmm. um, I love the creative aspect of it, and I just probably stepped in more so to learn how to control my own hair. <laughs> <in the process. laughs> she has beautiful curly hair. It's gorgeous. You can't um, see it because we're recording. Back then, everyone had straight hair, so I used to put my head on the ironing board and literally use a regular iron to get it straight. Um, oh, so... Yeah, we're never satisfied with what we have, right? Right, right. Um, so I love the aspect of making people feel good. And I kind of realized that, like, so if I had a bad day, I would know it, like, would just kind of set me off on a trajectory that day. Mm -hmm. It wasn't going to be that great. Um, so I watched other people, and when they could come in, you know, and I could fix their hair, and I was great at blow drying anything out because of, the practice I had to do on my ear. Right. But what happened to them when they got home the next day? What happened right. if they couldn't blow dry their hair as good as I could? And, you know, what if you had that bad hair day? Mm -hmm. You're not going to feel good. Mm -hmm. So I really went into wanting to make people feel happy about themselves, you know, coming from the inside. Yes. And how do you do that? Like, how do you make people feel really good no matter if you're having a bad day or, or a bad hair day or anything like that? So yes. I really started my passion, my quest on how do I make people feel good? Because I believe that beauty comes from inside. Mm -hmm. It's not from putting your makeup on. It's not from doing your hair. It's not from what size you are or what weight you are or what color you are. It comes from inside. But we have all of these places where we're damaged, um, yeah. you know, and all of these patterns that we have locked into us and all of these beliefs that aren't even ours locked into us that make us not feel beautiful. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that you just said a mouthful there, obviously. Um, I think it's, it's so it's such a crazy thing, because the more I dive into this, it's almost every single person I know at some level has this worthiness enoughness issue. And then it all stems from these limiting beliefs that we've captured and held on to throughout our lives. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like you talking about working from the inside out because like we create our happiness oftentimes through all these conditions. So like once everything is perfect, then I'll be happy. Right. And then you'll just be chasing happiness for the rest of your life because unfortunately life gives us challenges and opportunities to grow and learn and things like that. And so like you coming into this, being a hairstylist, recognizing that I want to go deeper with these individuals who I'm making feel good about themselves. They leave, they feel beautiful, but like, where can I dive deeper? So then what led you like, did things just start opening? Did doors just start opening once you've made the decision that you wanted to do that? Doors really started opening. Um, so, and those doors come in in very different ways. So I had um, scoliosis really, really bad. Um, so in the process, um, and again, this was 40 years ago, I started getting massages, okay? Massage was not mainstream. Massage was hidden, underground, uh, some sexual thing. It was not for, you know, it was not um, offered to you as a way to bring your body into alignment. Even back then, we didn't really even have a lot of chiropractors out there or anything like that. Mm -hmm. 
So I was able to find this woman, and again, when the student's ready, the teacher appears. Um, right. I was able to find this woman who actually she was a daughter of a doctor, and um, she had just gotten back from studying over in the Orient, and she was a Reiki master. So when she started doing my massage, it was like, whoa, I could really feel the energy. And mm -hmm. that was really my first introduce, introduction to yeah. energy and what the power was that it could do for me. Um, so, so that was huge. And then I actually went on to um, become a Reiki master. And then I went into from there, it just like kept growing. And I was like the sponge. I just wanted to keep knowing the next thing. And then I went into, um, I studied with Brian Weiss of um, past life regressions. And that was just so amazing because I could always remember different snippets from like different time or different people that I bump into. And it's like, I know you, but mm -hmm. I don't know you from this life. Um, mm -hmm. So it was just always eye opening um, to go to that next piece. And then, yeah, there's like all these different layers. It is. You know? Once you start opening one, the next one appears and the next one appears. So um, I have been a lifelong student. Um, I still do. I mean, I spend at least 20 grand a year on personal development and personal growth so that I can be on my leading edge. Um, right. You know, this is what we're here for. Yeah. And I think the outside resources, like no matter how far along you are on the journey, like listen to you, you've been, you have all these certifications and you've learned all these different things. And it's still just, I think for me as a new student, if you will, just using that language is I do find it challenging when I go out into the world. So like after we have a session or after I get Reiki or I meditate or whatever, I am so high vibe. I can take on the world. I know I'm worthy. I know I'm enough. And then bam, I get an email from someone or I go and interact with an agent who isn't kind to me or whatever. And it's really challenging those practices that you know. And do you still find yourself, even with all the knowledge and certifications and practices that you have, kind of falling back into that like physical form um, world where like it just challenges what you know. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm asking? I totally get what you're saying because I would be immersed in it, you know, all the time and be surrounded by people that, you know, had the same beliefs as I did and some of the same knowledge. And then when I would go out with some friends and something, you know, people like that or be with family members and they had no clue, um, right. it would be really challenging. But I, that's where I learned to master my vibration mm. and Tell not me. get pulled into their vibration so we're all energy okay so everything is energy and we vibrate at different rates okay so every emotion is a different vibration so when you're happy you're vibrating at a high rate when you're sad you're vibrating at a low rate okay mm -hmm. but what people don't understand is you can change your vibration in an instant just think of something that makes you really happy. Boom, you're done. Yeah, yeah. So you can fall into someone else's energy and then become that, yeah, that vibration, or you can hold your own. So, and, you know, science has actually proven if you have an auditorium full of even 2,000 people, by the third clap, everybody's on the same clap. Oh, interesting. 
So awesome. think about that in terms of energy. Yes. Highest alignment rules. So if you walk into a room where everyone's negative, you're going to then become that vibration. Mm -hmm. So how do you keep yourself in a higher vibration? And it's really having the knowledge of you control your vibration and to yeah. not let anyone else control your vibration. Yeah. And that's, that's the key. It's like um, we don't have to follow and align and agree with what's happening. We can shift our vibration into something better that supports us. Right. And sometimes, like, I've experienced so far is I'll receive some judgment from outside um, people who might see me as being happy when I shouldn't be or whatever, right? And it's all their limiting beliefs, like we were talking about before, of the way that they think they're supposed to live and all those things. Mm -hmm. And I think it, I love that you're saying this because it really is a choice. And sometimes it's a hard choice. And it can be, especially family members, people who have dominating um, energies and have like kind of contributed to your life significantly so far, when you do show up differently, like they're your greatest teachers. You know, like you be paying them for services rendered <laughs> because you kind of, it makes you really question like, okay, how strong can I be in this moment? And um, I actually listened to, do you ever listen to Super Soul Conversations, an Oprah no. podcast? No, I haven't. And she's talking, I think with Deepak Chopra and it's okay. this idea around how you have control over your thoughts and ever, like because a lot of people aren't aware that that's the truth, that they are actually in control of their thoughts. They did this exercise where you close your eyes and then she talked about three different images. So anybody who's listening right now can actually even do this along with us if you want. Like you close your eyes and you think of a red apple. Okay, now remove the red apple. Now think of a blue house. Okay, now remove the blue house and think of a purple boat. And then you open your eyes and it just showcases to you that you have the ability to shift your thoughts and say, move on and like focus on something else. Right. And so like that example is a really tangible, easy one to understand because I think when we're caught up in negative thought or negative worry, I think our humanness is to, okay, I'm not going to think about that. I'm not going to think about that adding focus to not thinking about it is only going to make you want to think about it more where you just have to completely redirect your focus yeah. and shift yeah. elsewhere. And then you can really allow yourself, like you said, just think of something that makes you happy yeah. and it will completely shift your vibration. And would you agree that like that vibration then is magnetic? So you kind of attract like vibration. Yes. Yes. Because wherever you vibrate, it becomes like a magnet. So here's an easy one. I love this one. Have you ever stubbed your baby toe? Yes, all the time. <laughs> so when you stub it that day, that morning, whatever, you notice like during the day, you're going to hit that toe like how many more times? Mm. And it's become that lower vibration that attracts more of it to it. Yes. So just like you know of anyone having a bad day? Right. What about a bad life? Yeah. Like one thing after another keeps happening to them. And you're like, oh my God, like, what is that? You know, right. um, they're stuck at that vibration and they, they're just not shifting out of it. Um, so, you know, we all have that ability to shift out of it. And again, 
you know, it, it's great because people started with affirmations. Well, I have so many people tell me they don't work. Like it, it's worse with an affirmation. Mm-hmm. Well, like the trick to that is, is okay, just affirm what you want, but then not just focus on that. Like focus on something that makes you really happy. Focus mm-hmm. on everything that's working in your life. And because you've raised your vibration, what else you want in that vibration will come to you. Yes. So it's like the better it gets, the better it gets. But like you said, when you have a bad day, it totally snowballs, right? Oh my God. The momentum is really strong. To get, it is. Yeah. My, my husband used to say, you can like wipe out a whole city when you have a bad day. So just watch your energy. <laughs> so yeah, tell me about that. Okay, so you have momentum. You have this bad day or you have this bad life, if you will. And you're someone that's just holding on and you're almost like fighting for your limitations like arguing, like it's worse for me than it is for anybody else. I'm sure we all know someone like that in our lives. Oh, um, yeah. How do you, if you had a client like that, how would you, I mean, is it as easy as saying, think of something that makes you happy? What if their rebuttal is, I don't have anything that makes me happy? Like how and do you- Then, then you have to introduce them to something that makes them happy. Ah, okay. So then it might be like, I know I had a hard time at one point thinking of something that made me happy because there was so much going on in my life that wasn't that great. Um, So it was, but I remember a time when I was young. Mm -hmm. So if you go back to your childhood, you always remember some happy time from there. And if that's it, then that's it. And then you can increase to an adult. You have to have some happy time in your life. But what happens with that too is we become a victim. Yes. People love being a victim because when you're a victim, you don't have to show up. Right. You're not accountable. Everyone else is to blame. Yes. So we have a lot of victims in this society and this society breeds victims. It does. So it's a sensitive topic. Like it's something I've wanted to talk more about because I identified as a victim for a very long period in my life. And, um, I remember my sister even saying, she's like, you're not a victim. And I was like, what are you saying? Look at all this bad stuff that's happened to me. Right. Like I had all this validation to back it up, to say, no, wait, look, I have like tangible things I can tell you that are unfair that happened to me. Right. And now looking back, it was like the best things that's ever happened to me. Like it happened for me. Exactly. Well, and that's what people need to realize is that you know, it's, it's happening for you because we either grow from um, our longing or our discontent, mm-hmm. you know? So most of the time we don't make a change unless something really bad is happening in our lives. Right, right. So we're, we're not programmed to just keep moving forward, like, and keep the momentum going. It's like, okay, we get here. This is really, I'm really happy here. And then it kind of like waits till, till something bad happens for us to make a new choice to choose something different or to want more out of life. Um, so we, we're, we get very complacent with where mm-hmm. we're at because it's safe. Yes. We always like look to go to that place where it's safe. Okay. You know what? Everything is great in my life right now. The job is great. My relationship's great. I love where I live. So I'm going to stay here forever. Do you, yes. you know? Yeah. And the universe doesn't allow that because we're constantly growing. We're constantly in the state of becoming. And until we really understand that and adapt that into our lives, we're going to have trouble. We're going to want to stay stuck. We're going to want to stay the victim because then we don't have to grow and we don't have to move forward. That's really fascinating. And I think like 
just as plain devil's advocate is like, or not even devil's advocate. It's just like, why have we created all this fear around change? Like, well, <laughs> when did we identify something as quote unquote good or quote unquote bad? Because I, I can relate to that fear for sure. Like I had a really amazing year last year. A lot of things I wanted, I received. And not only did I have a little imposter syndrome initially, but also just fear of like, oh shit, something's got to give. Like it's going too good, right? And so, but like, where do you think that comes from? The fear of change. I think mainstream media, I think from past life patterns in ourselves, from, from our parents, from our beliefs. Um, there's so many places that hold, you know, fear is a form of control. Right. I mean, yes. look what's going on right now. <laughs> right. Let's master fear to control the masses. Um, right. So fear has been used forever to control people. So, and we're perpetuated with it all the time. You turn on the TV, you turn on the radio, you turn on something and it's like, oh my God, you have this, you have to have this, you have to have this drug, you have to do this, you have to do this, or then this is going to happen. And, you know, it's all based on selling something to you. Yes. Um, yeah. Fear brings you down that place. And, you know, fear is really easy to catch. It's a vibration to catch. Mm -hmm. But I also want you to realize that fear and anticipation are the same energy. Mm. So I, I love this one. So when you, remember when you were a child and if you celebrated Christmas, um, you knew that there was going to be presents under the tree. Well, hopefully for, for some of us, we're going to have presents under the tree, and, but you didn't know if it was going to be that right one. Right. The one that you asked for. So they get the message. <laughs> so we would get like as children, like so excited, but so like in fear, like, is it going to be the right one? Is it going to be, you know, so you just feel all of that emotion and all of that energy. Um, and it's the same thing. So know that I always say befriend your fear, because when you have fear, that's your leading edge. That's your leading growth because you're stepping out of your comfort zone into something new and something better. Yes. Oh my God. I love so that. Embracing the fear, which we're not taught to embrace the fear. Right. We're taught to like fear the fear, but fear is a huge mocker in your life. You know, when we feel fear, it's like, Oh, okay, great. How can I make this work for me? Right. Well, and I think over time when you practice it, like, I mean, I, I like, I don't know if I like being out of my comfort zone. I just like being challenged because I know what's on the other side. Yes. And so I'm always out of my comfort zone all the time. <laughs> and I think when you practice it, it does get easier because you, the same emotions come up every time before I record one of these podcasts or I do a webinar, I do a training or meet a new client or whatever it is. I get that kind of, you know, that feeling inside and it's there, but I'm like, all right, it's cool. Don't worry about it. Like we're used to this now. Whereas before I would allow that to just all be all consuming, not only that, but I would try and resist it, which obviously only makes it not harder. <laughs> so, exactly. And make you um, paralyzed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's funny that you say about the like mainstream and media and all that. Cause I was actually watching a show last night and they had um, this guy was talking to a therapist about losing his father 
And he plays out this scenario in his mind that if he didn't lose his dad, his life would have been perfect. And they actually play out the scenario on the show of what it would look like. And it was so satisfying to watch because everything worked out that didn't in real life. And it's just funny, like all movies are like that. You know, I think more and more now they're becoming more realistic and maybe it's not always the happy ending, but just even growing up with Disney and all that, it just feels so good to watch that because it does make you feel safe. But just knowing that to your point, like when those challenges that you face or changes or things that happen and that fear shows up, like you're actually, that's the right direction. Like that, would you say like what, when you say right direction, what does that mean to you? You're going to your leading edge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're going to your, to your next place of alignment, to your next place in the world, um, to discover your hidden talents and abilities. Yes. So becoming your, your leading edge, um, which is huge. Um, and to not stay with hidden mainstream and stepping out of the, you know, I think most of us are just so, um, we were taught to not stand out, to to kind of be afraid so that no one can make fun of you. Mm-hmm. Um, which you know now the world is going uh, shifting a lot, which is amazing. Um, but you know when I was growing up, you didn't want to stand out because you didn't want to get called out. You didn't right. want to get made fun of. You didn't want to be different. Mm. We were always trying to fit into this box, this yes. box that said you go this way, you do this, you. You know, by 18, you're finding what college you want. By this age, you're married. By this age, you have the White House with the picket fence. By this age, you have 2.5 kids and a dog. And by this age, you retire. And then by this age, you, you know, whatever that is. And it's like, what? Right. <laughs> Who right. wants that? You know, well, who said that that's what I wanted? Right. But society said that that's what you want because it, 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 it keeps the economy going. Right. And conforms you and like creates acceptance for yourself, which is a human need. Right. And I think like, I mean, I can totally relate to that even for my generation. I loved the blueprint lifestyle. And every time I achieved one of the milestones, I felt like, yes, I get it. I'm on track. And then ultimately realized like, yeah, I was on track, but I wasn't happy. And I think um, it's, it's crazy because you see like celebrities or like, I mean, the one that always comes to mind for me that's still shocking is Robin Williams. Like the mm-hmm. kindest heart, the, the sweetest man. You would assume he's so happy and he was so not. And it's probably too because he felt as though maybe he couldn't be his authentic self. I don't know what it was. But um, like listening to that guidance system within you that's like telling you to do something and just doing it. And like, yeah. go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, no, it's going back to Robin Williams. You could always, um, I could always pick up his energy in a movie or a show that it, he wasn't that. So I think a lot of people that are comedians that make people happy yes. are trying to get that happiness for themselves. Ah, interesting. Because they don't have it. Um, they don't have it. And one of his all-time favorite movies of his that he did, which was not really popular, was what dreams may come. Mm, I never, I never saw it. And in that life, um, in that, in that movie, it was, it was amazing because you would never predict him in that role. And his wife had taken her life 
and his two children had gotten killed and it showed the voyage to hell. Mm. So think about that life. And it was just like, wow. And it went into, this was about 20 years ago. And I walked out of the movie theaters thinking, oh my God, they finally have it. Like this director finally did a movie for people to realize whatever you believe happens to you. Uh -huh. So it happens to you in this life, but it also happens to you in the afterlife. And it was just amazing. Well, of course, no one was getting it in the movie theater. And I was like, wow. <laughs> it's funny now, like, even like Star Wars to me has like such a spiritual element. Like, I find it everywhere. It's so funny. And it's like it all is. these movies I watched. Yeah. And it's so funny. But, you know, it, it, we get stuck in that vibration for whatever reason. And then we go down that path. Um, so, you know, the place this earth can be a lot really challenging for a lot of people um so and if they don't have the support systems and the family and the friends to support them or they don't feel like they can talk to people or reach out to people it becomes really challenging yes i think too so it's like you, oh go ahead when you said the, about the 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 show that you watched about the man that lost his husband yeah, his father. His yep. father, sorry. His father. Um, you have to think about that. Like society put that word in your head. When somebody crosses over, you lose them. Mm. Well, what do you do when you lose something? You look for it, correct? Right. You lose your keys. What do you do? You spend days trying to find your keys. Right. Think about that. If you lose your, your parent or your best friend, you're going to look for them for the rest of your life. Right. Well, they're not here. They're just on a different dimension. You didn't lose them. Right. Do you know, so even society puts these things into our brain, and it's like, it's not true. They're still here. Right. They're still with you, just in a different form. And, the, like, the way in which, like, I feel like we keep bringing up society, but it is the reality of it, is, like, that can cause so much pain, not only from like a grieving a loved one perspective, but just all the limiting beliefs and the stories that we continue to automate in our minds that we don't even know that we're doing. Like, it's like, what story are you telling yourself? Are you identifying with something that happened to you in your past? Are you identifying with something someone said to you along their journey that they like learned from someone else that like, everybody's just doing the best that they can and ultimately knowing that like write it down write down the auto loop that's on in your brain the thoughts that you're thinking the words you're saying out loud the beliefs you have about yourself and are they serving you are they positive things are they empowering are they going to put you on the leading edge or are they things that are holding you back mm -hmm. and just understanding that like you're a human being there's nothing wrong with you um, I think, Lisa, before we started recording, you always used to tell me, like, you're not broken because mm -hmm. so many people believe that they are and that you're waiting to arrive. Exactly. You're waiting you're for waiting this, like, yeah. Right. Like, you don't need to be fixed. You just need to access you. Yes. And all of you. Exactly. You know, like, it's, all of you. All of you. Because there's no, like... The idea of what perfection is or what success is, is all hogwash if it doesn't make you happy. Exactly. And so like figuring out what that path looks like to you 
and defining it for yourself is just so important. And like, I feel like mid thirties, I know a lot of people cause I'm about in my mid thirties and like, I feel like this is the time where experiences challenge you to question this. But really prior to that, like in my 20s, I just like full on lived life oblivious to these concepts. Yeah. But like, then I finally had the desire to want more like you had questioned when you were younger. And then books started falling off the shelf and teachers started showing up. But like, how could we get out ahead of this? Do you have any thoughts on that? Of like, I think of when I have children and I'm going to want them to say affirmations every morning. Like, I am worthy because I exist. Exactly. <laughs> well, like, now if you notice, there's a lot of programs out there for children to do that as opposed to medicating them and trying right. to make them conform. And, right. you know, it's okay that you're not an A student. Right. You know, let us help you. It's okay that you, you know, what you have that tick that you do. It's okay that... You know, whereas before you you were either an A B student or you failed. I mean, there was no, you know, leeway or anything in there. Um, so now, you know, we have moved so much forward in our um, thinking and evolving with children. But it is so true. I was actually lucky because even though I was Catholic, my mother um, would bring a tarot reader into our house once a year. Oh. So even at age 12, I would yeah. get my cards read. So oh, wow. that was very interesting. And I think that that always kept me open to the unknown and to the forces and to the, you know, it was, it was always really interesting. And I do contribute that to me wanting to know more about that and how are you getting that information and how is that coming through to you? And, you know, it, it, it was always kind of interesting because, again, in the Catholic religion, that was a no-no. Yeah, um, I was going to say that's a fascinating dynamic. <laughs> I know. And that, well, and the woman that actually would read us once a year, I still remember her. God bless her. She crossed over by Olilla Blank. And she, um, well, she married Olilla Blank, but she was an Italian. So she, she had the Italian, you know, the whole thing. She was into the cards and into the religion. And she would set up her Madonna statue and, you know, and then have the cards. And it was just really interesting to, um, to be a part of that. So I have been blessed with three grandchildren and um, they're all seers. I mean, they see energies, they see people that have crossed over. And my, um, my youngest grandson, Xavier, uh, would see, because my husband had passed away um, 24 years ago, mm -hmm. he would see my husband, and Xavier now is seven, and he would see my husband all the time, and he would be playing with him at night. Oh, my gosh. And he never knew who he was playing with. And then at one point, he finally saw a picture of, of him, and he said, oh, Grandpa Joe, Grandpa Joe. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, how is he knowing that that?" Peace. Like, wow. you know, he knew his name, Joe, you know, when he died, he was only 34. So it wasn't like he was ever a grandfather or anything like that. So, right. but we keep developing that with, with the kids. Yes. So my son is very much into energy and working with him and my daughter-in-law is too. And so, I mean, they're, they're the ones that sage the house. They're the ones that, you know, they know when the energy is shifted. So we've brought them into that world and we keep that reality going for them. Yeah, because like the miracles are always there. I, yeah. I feel like the best analogy is you look around the room and I'm like, okay, look for everything red, look for everything red. And you're focused on the red, you're focused on the red. And then I say, close your eyes. Now tell me what was blue. 
and the blue is already always there. You just can't pull it out because you weren't focused on it. And it's like when I'm in a dark headspace or I'm thinking fearful thoughts or worry, I can't see the light. But when I'm at high vibe, it's like I get signs, crazy signs all the time, like from my dad and from just like universe of numbers of just all these things that I can't explain otherwise. Like it's such like deliberate proof that even my ego can't go, oh, that's coincidence. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so it's really cool that you do that. So kind of going into that, so how do you do what you do? Because just to give everybody a little bit more information, and I'll talk about this on the intro, which I actually record after the podcast, but <laughs> um, when I've worked with Lisa, she actually resides in Boston. I'm here in San Diego, and we do this over FaceTime. And not only is it like a therapy session, and we kind of talk through maybe what's going on in my life, but there's also a lot of this energy work. And I can tell you it's a physical reaction that happens to me not only during the session, but for days afterward, I feel lighter. I feel like I've released something. It's tremendous. So Lisa, can you tell me a little bit more about how you do that? Sure. Um, so with my 30 years of being in business um, and have, I actually counted one time, I have over 60 certifications in energy work. Oh, well, okay. That's how you um, do it. Next. So there we go. But, you know, I, I just, um, I don't know. Each person has this unique growing learning and healing in their own way. So um, what I watched and what I witnessed and what I noticed, um, I became their teacher, their guide, a channel. And, you know, just to lead each person towards an increased awareness and embodiment of their higher self. Um, so to really empower people to know that they know and to really use your intuition. Unfortunately, in this field, so many people disempower other people, mm. um, which is really kind of sad. And it's like, no, my job is to empower you to let you step into your limitless self. Um, so to know that you know and just keep following your, your belief systems and really tapping into that place inside of you that says yes, or that place inside of you that says no, and really trusting in that wisdom because we all have that wisdom. We can all, we're all intuitive. It's a matter of bringing that back to us and yeah. using that sense. I mean, this is what gets you through is your intuition, not anything else in this world. Right. Um, so, and then I, you know, I have you realize like the patterns and the beliefs that you've bought into. Um, so, you know, we have created these patterns in our system, and I call them our default patterns. So just like on your computer, you know, it defaults to a certain text unless you reprogram it. So we default to certain patterns that we keep running, okay? And we get addicted to those energies of that pattern. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So an example of that, when I watched this, um, golly, this is probably about 20 years ago, I decided that I was not going to do crazy Christmas anymore. Right. Um, I was not going to wait to the last minute to go shopping. I was not going to wait to the last paycheck to make sure that the kids had enough presents under the tree to do all of that craziness. So I decided that one year that I was going to have all my shopping done by December 1st, all wrapped and ready to go. And I did. And I refused to buy any more for anyone else. And that was it. <laughs> so that was my deadline. And then I, I love decorating. I love entertaining. And 
I had like, my house was decorated to the hilt because I like tore it down and did it three different times before I got it perfect. Instead of just growing up a tree and throwing decorations on it, I had done all my chocolates by hand. I had all my bacon done. And then I sat there by December 15th and I'm like, okay, this, this, this sucks. Like this isn't Christmas. And mm. like, I wasn't in the chaos and the craziness, but I realized that I had created that pattern because I bought into that from society, from mm -hmm. the news, from everything about Christmas, that Christmas is crazy. Like you're supposed to be in the malls running around the, the last minute. You're supposed to be buying millions of presents. You're supposed to be stressed out and whatever that is. And I was like, wow, this is, you know, but I'm like, but this just feels so bad. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel like Christmas. Right. Well, it took me two years to realize that, wow, this is amazing because now I get to enjoy people. You right. know, it, it, for me, it's not about buying all the presents and all that. It's for, to me, you know, with people that you love and spend that time and celebrate and all of that and entertain. So I was able to finally do that in a way that it wasn't rushed. It wasn't like hurry up and get this and not even enjoy what you were doing. So right. I could be really present with that. So yes. that's a good example of a pattern that we hold and that we have created in our system. And the pattern too, it's like, even though it's not serving us, so your example of chaos during Christmas, it's comfortable because we're used to it because everybody else is doing it. And so it's really challenging to not conform and move away from something to say, hey, that's not working for me anymore. I need to do what's best for me. And then sitting with that, like you said, for the first two years, I can totally relate to this of like yeah. workaholism. Like I finally got my schedule down. I have proof that I can still make the same amount of money without killing myself. And yet, like there's still days I wake up and I'm like, oh, I want to be like really stressed out right now because everybody else is and I need something to complain about. Right. Yeah. So um, that's just so fascinating. So like, that, yeah. those are the beliefs and patterns that we've right. gotten into. Right. Um, and, and that's what we hold on to. And that's how we create our lives around it. So I can go in and shift and raise your vibration and release the cords, the expectations, the cellular memories that are in there, holding those patterns. And then we have multiple subpersonalities. And then I can bring you back into your authentic or your limited self with that high vibration. Yes. Um, so that's really how I work with. And then, of course, you know, coaching you through it and um, just bringing you to that awareness um, is huge because knowledge is huge. Yeah. And you're no BS, which I love. Oh, like, no, I, actually, I'm not. You'll, like, you'll be like, that's bullshit. And I'm like, wait, you're not supposed to tell me that. <laughs> I'm I know. Like, when no, I, I love, love that because I'll listen to someone and they'll say, it's this, this, and this. And I'll be like, no, that's bullshit. And they're like, what? What do you, what do you mean that's bullshit? I'm like, no, that's not it. And it's so funny because. I'm known as the no bullshit therapist um, because it's like, I can, you, if you want me to be that aligned and agree person, I'm not going to be able to help you. Right. You, you know, right. You, you, you want me to align and agree with your, your limitations. Mm. Well, if I keep doing that, you're going to stay in your limitations. Right. Um, you can argue all you want for your limitations, but I'm not going to buy into them. Right. You can um, run that game solo. <laughs> exactly. So I always knew you know, when a client's going to step in or when they're not ready to step in. Mm. Um, because, you know, I, I am not that, I don't attract needy people, put it that way. Right, 
right? You're like, yeah. if you need me to validate your limiting beliefs, like this ain't going to work. <laughs> it's not. It's not. One question I have for you that will do that for you. And yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, complaining is like, I I mean, I kind of, it's my favorite pastime of mine of just like getting in a group and have everybody validating your complaints. It's like, I feel like that was such a low level vibration thing that I used to engage in a lot. Um, And now I have a lot of free time because I'm not doing that anymore. Um, Question for you. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I've just heard across the gamut like when people first start off kind of experiencing, okay, I have these limiting beliefs, like following my intuition, they'll oftentimes say, well, how do I know if it's the right like direction? Like what voice is speaking to me within? And what would you say to, so like, for example, let's say that voice is telling you, yeah, have that third cocktail. Who cares about tomorrow's meeting? Like, it doesn't matter. You deserve this. You've earned it. Right. And you're like, oh, well, that voice is telling me something. And then there's another voice that's like, no, I mean, it's great to celebrate. You definitely deserve that. But why don't you get some rest and nourish your body so that you're prepared for that important meeting tomorrow, right? So I'm making it obvious, but how can you determine that the voice that you're listening to is the one that's serving you? Like, is there a checklist that you have or something that like you should sense within? Well, okay. So I always go by, does it make me feel expanded or contracted? Hmm. So in that moment, now when you have alcohol in the picture, it's a whole different story because it brings in entities. Um, and that's another whole conversation. <laughs> um, but it brings in entities. I mean, they call it spirits for a reason. You know, they call alcohol spirits for a reason. Um, so realizing you're altering your state of being. Right. Trust me, I've had a lot of experience on that one. Uh, <laughs> When you alter your state, you're not really in touch with those, those signals. Right. You're not in touch with your authentic self. You're not in touch with your intuition because they override it. Um, okay. So, you know, knowing um, what I used to do, and um, I really haven't had the occasion to do it for a while, but when I used to do it, I'm the, I would be, because, you know, I, I am now a lightweight. I never used to be, but... I don't drink all the time. So if I have one, I know I'm going to feel it. Okay. Right. Um, So I always know that and I will know that, okay, before I go out, I just make an agreement with myself. Okay. So how many drinks do you need tonight? Why are you drinking? Um, What else would make you feel better than having a drink? Mm. And then I will align and agree and say, okay, I'm going to have one glass of wine. And then if I choose to, when I'm out there, have more than one glass of wine, then I know it's not me really choosing it. It's the, it's the energy of the group that I'm with that yes. I have let overtake me. Yeah. Um, and, but then I don't beat myself up. Right. I don't. And the secret, and this is probably not a good thing to know, but it is um, <laughs> secret is, is when you raise your vibration, I never get a hangover. Oh, interesting. Yes. So you can control. Well, you'll have to teach me that. <laughs> you can Especially when I go home to Wisconsin. <laughs> Horrible. And control the next place of that. <laughs> yes. And, um, so, yes. Um, but, yeah. So really realizing it, you know, and, and make a plan for your night. Most people, you know, have, believe it or not, because in this um, – in this place, like, especially when you're younger, what did you drink for? You drank to get drunk, correct? Right. 
we didn't yeah. drink to just socialize. We we went out. I know my when my day we we went out to get drunk. Right. So a lot of us have still associated having a drink with getting drunk. Right. For Do sure. You know what I mean. So you're you're following an old pattern of, okay, let's have another one. Let's have another one. Let's have another one. You know, I mean, in college, what do you do? That's all you do. You can drink until you pass out, right? Right. Uh, well, my day you did anyway. And, well, you know, my day too, Lisa. I feel like I'm too sensitive for that now because I'm so like, how am I feeling? What are my emotions? That Like, I don't even like being drunk. I, mm -mm. I don't get drunk anymore. I just drink till, and then if I get a buzz, whatever. But like, A, it's not worth the hangover because I don't have a normal schedule. Yeah, and then B, like, I just... It's just not worth it. I don't know. It's uh, well, you know, if you if you're used to doing it every night, then it's just a habit. as much. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think your system gets adjusted to it. Um, mine is I don't really have sugar, so you know, you put alcohol in my system, and I I swear to God, I, I went out. Um, it was my father's 90th birthday on Saturday, and I had a drink at the restaurant because I was just so I just give me a drink at this point. Right. And um, I had a gin and tonic. Well, this restaurant that we go to, and it's all outside, and um, they make really strong drinks. In fact, my daughter was there one time, and she said, Mom, do you realize that's 12 for? I'm like, what do you mean? What's a 12 for? Well, she was a bartender, and she's like, normally it's a 3 pour, and they pour 12. Oh, so wow. meaning they count to 12 as they're pouring <laughs> the liquor. And then I'm like, no wonder why I get loaded up with oh, one. Boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, you know, but that night I felt like, I felt like this evil entity thing was in my body. It was terrible. Like I could actually feel the alcohol in my system. So it wasn't enjoyable at all. Right, right. So I think, you know, when it's not a habit anymore, then you can really feel the effects of it. For sure. I think, so going back to the expanded and contracted, is that something that you just like for decisions to know if it's like your authentic self, like leading you in the right direction? Do you, I've heard like you put your hand on your heart and you kind of get quiet and ask yourself like what to do or how do you know when the voice of fear versus love is coming forward? Oh, I love that. Okay. So first of all, you have to kind of practice it to see what your response is. So I was just saying, sit quietly. Let's try this now. How's that? Yep. Yeah, okay. I love that. Yep. All right. So go ahead in and just close your eyes for a minute. And I want you to take a nice deep breath in through your nose. And then hold it. And then let it go. And then again, nice deep breath in. Fill up your lungs, your rib cage, your chest, your belly, and then hold it. And then exhale it out. And then one more time. Nice deep breath in. And then hold it. And then let it go. Now notice how you just reset your nervous system. Mm -hmm. Now you can feel that stillness inside of you, like your mind is empty. There's no, almost like no energy. There's a place of like nothingness, a stillness. Mm -hmm. And now, 
I'm going to ask a few questions. Would a glass of water support me right now? Yes. Okay. And could you feel that, yes, that expansion in there? Yes. Okay. Now, for some of us, it was a no, and that's okay. Because I don't want you to believe that everyone should have a glass of water right now. It might not support you right now. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's go back in again. And would a piece of chocolate balance you now? Yes. <laughs> okay. So something in the sugar would it would balance you. Okay. Mm -hmm. So so knowing that and not judging that. Okay. Because there's a lot of other benefits in chocolate. Believe it or not. Um. Just you know, eat the whole bar. Um. But it it would help you. So. It's learning to go to that stillness and feeling the expansion in your chest, mm -hmm. feeling the, the yes, the visceral yes. And we can only do that when we're quiet. And when we keep practicing that when we're quiet, even when it's loud, we can hear that voice almost like a reason. Yeah. And that voice of reason is never chaotic. Yeah. Yes. Frantic. That's a good sign. Yes. It's Fear is always panicking. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that's your ego that's frantic. That's the patterns that are frantic. That's the, you know, the ingrain of those subpersonalities that, oh, no, you have to do this, do this, or do this, mm. or do that. When you hear that, know that that's not your intuition. I always, I love that analogy because it was hard for me at first. I'm crazy connected to my higher self. I talk to her all the time now when any challenge comes around or even good things. It's just yeah. like I want to stay in touch. So, but it's funny at first, it's really hard when you're not used to doing it. And that analogy is like, for me, a representation that I'm in the right direction, like spiritually is a monarch butterfly. And so my representation of my higher self is kind of this monarch butterfly, like flowing, flapping its wings, being calm, like landing when it's calm, things like that. And then the chaotic frantic energy is a moth. Have you ever seen a moth? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just full on panic mode, like the most anxiety ridden animal I've ever seen in my or insect rather. But it's like, that is that energy. It's like, you need to go quick. Oh, you need to send that email. Don't forget this. They're going to hate you. And like all this like crazy fear energy. And it's like, whoa, like it's very clear once you get used to it and practice it. It's like any muscle, you know, you got to exercise it. You do. So. Oh, that was lovely. Is there anything that we didn't touch on that you want to talk about? This was so amazing. Like we covered a lot. No, I don't think. Um, I think we really went over, you know, everything. Um, Can I ask you a question? Oprah does this on her podcast and um, it's kind of putting you on the spot here, but what do you know for sure? What do I know for sure? that our human potential is far greater than anything we have ever experienced. Mm. I could not agree with you more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. We have the power to be, to see, to do anything we want. And it's just stepping outside of ourselves to do it. Yes. Yeah. And like knowing that that's true. Exactly. For sure. I yeah. love it. Oh, perfect answer. And even on the spot, you're amazing. Uh, 
Thank you. Thank you so much for doing this. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, then head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. We sincerely appreciate your feedback. Stay tuned for another episode of Connect Back In, and thank you for listening.